0: So 1 Corinthians 13, if you haven't turned there already, verses 4 to 7 is the section of Scripture that we're in. If you're visiting with us, we've been working through the doctrine of love for several weeks now. It is a very, very important subject. And as we come to it, I say everybody wants love. I don't know if there's anybody that doesn't want love in their life. And if you are somebody that doesn't want love in your life, come see me afterwards because I'd like to meet you because you'll be like a first because the reality of it is is that all of us want love in our life. But the love that we're talking about, the love that we're studying here is a love that you give away. That's the thing that was so radical because we know from ancient writings that the Greek word for love, agape love, wasn't used that much until Jesus comes on the scene and all of a sudden he starts talking about it. It becomes a predominant New Testament theme. And it is a love that isn't sexual. It isn't just like family. It is a love of sacrifice. And so please understand that is the type of love, the love of choice that we've been talking about. And if you haven't been with us, I really encourage you, listen on the World Wide Web, our podcast, because we have like four messages just on... Verses four to seven so far, this will be our fifth. There's other passages where we did a preview um, um, that we talked about the entire doctrine of love. And so I think there's like four or five through verses one through four so far. And so as we come today, we have already studied, if you look at verses four through seven, where it says love is patient, love is kind, it is not jealous, does not brag, is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly, it doesn't seek its own, does not provoke, does not take into account the rock suffering, does not rejoice in righteousness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. We've already looked at three messages where we've studied just the words patience and kindness. And you would think, well, how could he be so winded so that he could go on and on and on? It's because the reality of it is, is God is so deep on these matters and these things are so broad. As you find that there is so many scriptures that deal with this, and today we're going to find it no different. We're looking today just at one word again, the word the word jealousy. You look in verse 4, love is patient, love is kind, and is not jealous. It's the beginning of the negatives. Um, for those of you who like to count, like numbers, we're going to have seven negatives in a row. And love is... Not jealous. It doesn't brag. Isn't arrogant. And I gotta tell you, I was going to. I was just going to work on three today. Love doesn't. Isn't jealous. Doesn't brag. Isn't arrogant. But I. I gotta tell you, I'm studying. I'm studying. I'm studying. I'm studying. And it's just an overwhelming amount of information that is just on jealousy. And so I thought, well, you're, you're just getting jealousy today. All right. So that's where we are. And I tell you, the interesting thing is. How important it is to understand how not to be jealous, how important that is for your life. Um, Ironically, we have seen in the Bible that if you sell love, you give away love, remember from our study on Song of Solomon, that you're utterly despised. And so God wants us to see that jealousy, if you bring that into your life, You're like selling out jealousy as we're going to talk about is a passion and it's a passion for something and people that you're going to that you are going to start with the heart and then it's going to go out into your actions and jealousy is I think a scary sin because nobody often comes a lot of times people don't just come and say I'm jealous. What they come out and they do is they lie or they steal or they do something that is um, secondary. Jealousy is the driving force, but we all see the second sin. And I'll tell you what we recognize is as we talk about love being a heart action, right? We talk about love you know, love and heart. We're going to have Valentine's here in a couple of weeks. This is where we talk about a passionate action that comes from the heart. And as we recognize in Scripture, the heart is desperately wicked. And as you go through this, you should say, look, I see in myself a new heart that doesn't have these same passions. But maybe you go through this and you recognize, oh, I need a new heart. And if you need a new heart, this isn't just a function of cleaning things up. It's a function of coming to Jesus. The gospel is simple. that We're sinners, but the detail of it of that is is that we recognize sin is really deceptive, and sin works just not in just the fact that you kill and you steal and you lie, but that you're jealous. And think about that: people are judged by God because they're jealous, and jealousy cannot just be removed through education, through some type of behavioral study. It is only through a new heart that comes when you come in faith to Jesus Christ. And so we'll see that as we go through this. And we want love for ourselves. We want it for people in our lives. And this study is important. You're going to see how deep this goes. And so, like I said, we've had four specific messages on verses 1 through 4. This is our fifth, and then we did a special one, our sixth. So I encourage you to listen to the podcast. But we're going through this idea— Of trying to understand this jealousy, this green-eyed monster today, and battling jealousy, and I'm going to say it later, and I'll say it again. You know, we got the whole concept of understanding the idea of jealousy tied to the color green. If anybody knows where that came from, it came from Shakespeare, um, William Shakespeare, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that in a little bit more. We don't want to be jealous. We love is not jealous and as i think about this characteristic and all of these attributes of of love one thing i wanted to just remind you of as we talk about the theology of love and we've done some of those studies where we've gone through and i tried to show you the breadth of how love runs all throughout scripture one of the ones that i talked about was that love is is key to living righteously And so if you weren't here for that podcast, that message, listen to that podcast. And you might say, what is this? Why bring this up now? Let me tell you, because I tell you, so much of the doctrine of love comes into the theology of how we live our lives, how we live as Christians. And one of the things when I say love is key to living righteously is I want you to think sometimes like. What is your perception of God? A lot of times people think like, okay, you hear the expression, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, right? Holy, holy, holy. And if I were to say to you, there's that great passage from Isaiah, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. How does that translate into how I live? Am I supposed to be somebody that just thinks about sitting on a cloud and being someone that just floats and really sort of lives in this, um, world that is germ-free, that I don't, I don't touch anything. We don't do anything, and there are people that have that perception that that's what holy living is, righteous living. See, holy, holy, holy is living righteously, living totally apart from sin, living totally without. I want to say, I just say sin. I think one of the things that i'm hoping is coming out of this study is that your understanding is that wait a second if i want to be holy 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 and god tells me in as a new testament believer that i'm supposed to live holy in first peter right how's that supposed to look and i think this is genius this is theological insight that it's just really practical because if i want to live holy Then I'm patient, I'm kind, I'm not jealous, I'm not bragging. It's it's that's holy living, people. That puts it into like real simple, like, oh, if I'm patient and kind and not jealous with my wife, with my kids, with my friends, with my co-workers. That's what God is looking for. So I hope that as we go in deeper, whether it's jealousy or patience or kindness or not bragging, not arrogant, all of this is the Prescription as to how to live out that incredible exhortation be holy as he is holy from first Peter. All right, so as we go into this, we have said love is superior because love is superior in value to all other actions. And those of you who have been with us, you saw that we went through in detail verses one to three. There is no greater action that you can have than following, than practicing love because. You saw in verse 1, you can have all these great words, but if you don't have love, you're just a bunch of noise. And you can have all this great spiritual ability in verse 2, but if you don't have love, you're a big zero. And then you can do all these great works like feeding the poor, but if you don't have love, biblical love, it's worth nothing to you. And you had all be worried about judgment because that's where this value is going to come out and now as we continue to work through verses four to seven we said love is superior description to all other actions and there are 15 verbal adjectives what do I mean by a verbal adjective you might have heard me say that these are verbs every one of these when you come to verse four you have a noun which is a subject the word love and then it's connected to a verb but it's a verb that's descriptive But they are verbs first and foremost these are not adjectives they are verbs that sound like an adjective very descriptive so love acts patiently love acts kindly all right now we come and we see love does not act out of jealousy so what does this mean okay so what how we how's this all going to play together so this is what we're going to do today we're going to understand jealousy you have your sermon notes you flip them on the back fill in the blank. This is what we go to. Number one, this is, we're going to do like a little word study just for you to recognize this is a word to fear. Okay. So you come to verse four and it says love, which is our noun. And you would just say is not jealous. And the idea of jealousy here, this is a present indicative verb, meaning this is something on an ongoing basis that you don't do. The Greek word here is a Greek word called Zelo. You might think of when you hear it, zealot, zealot, okay? Because a noun form of that is for a person that's incredibly passionate, that was, was like often political, a zealot in a political realm. The word here means to be passionate about something, to be zealous, to desire something, to strive after it. It's used in a positive sense in the Bible, and it's used in a negative sense. I will get to it in a second with it being positive, but God is considered a jealous God. And it's a positive thing. But when it's used in a negative sense, it conveys the idea of jealousy, envy, competition, and contention, and even covetousness, where you act and you do something else improper. Okay, so it's critical. Now here, I like to point out that this isn't just a one-word study today. We're talking about jealousy, but look at the little word in your Bibles in front of it. Love is not jealous. Okay, this is a negative instruction. This is something that we're supposed to understand at, from a negative standpoint. We know that there are 613 commands in the Old Testament law, and what was it, 200 and and 68 were positive, 365 were negative. If I've got the numbers right, um, you have negative things and you have positive things, and it continues into the New Testament. What am I talking about? Well, if I say love is kind, God is basically saying, go out and be proactive in that. Uh, Kindness could be in the fact that I turn the heat on in the morning. I I, um, make breakfast for everyone. uh, I say nice things. It's like really endless, all the things that you can do. Positive instructions are sometimes harder to follow than negative instructions. This is a negative instruction. Whoops. Where it basically... Says, don't do this. I don't want you to be someone that is, um, I don't want you to be somebody that is jealous. And so it's more specific on the action in which you are to participate. Don't do this. So very narrow, specific, just a side point. So I think it's important when I look at this and I say, well, this is a present tense verb. And it's negated, it is an action that I am not to be doing on a continual basis. And because I've, I've said this is a passion and this is really coming from the heart, sometimes people with passionate actions say, Oh, I can't stop that. I can't stop that. This is just from my heart. This is who I am. I can't stop being jealous. And I say, From the biblical standpoint, yes, you can. And you're lying. I was like, I'd like to be harsh, but the reality of it is, is we have to understand, I see this a lot. Like, let, let, let's take this with other actions. Like someone says, well, I just get angry, and maybe I just yell at my wife, and I swear at my wife. There's all kinds of actions like this, from beating my wife to hitting my wife or something like that. And like, let, or something I wouldn't necessarily call the police, but like, like oh, I just, I just like to yell at my wife. She makes me so angry and and finally like a woman calls up and says pastor you got to come and you got to talk to us because my husband is just out of control he's always yelling at me he's always yelling and he's screaming and he swears and he gets angry okay and so i go over there and the man begins to start to justify you're you know you have to understand my wife she just makes me so angry as a matter of fact pastor two minutes before you came here you know she did something to make me so angry again and 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 I said, well, I say something like, Well, why why aren't you swearing at her now? Well, because you're here. Oh, because I'm here, you're not swearing at her now. You're not yelling at her now. Because well, you can control it. And so when I'm not here, you control it too, because what you're doing is nothing but sin. And so you've got to understand people with their little that what people with passion have to sometimes, they want to justify their actions. When the reality of it is, is God is going to say, no, I told you not to be jealous. And I told you to control your heart. So please, we have to understand this word is a word that you need to fear. Because jealousy, as, as we talk about it, is not going to be used positively in the context we're going to study. It. Passages you can just write down just for time's sake, like Exodus 20, verse 5. God is a jealous God but he's passionate for that, which is good. Okay. God is a jealous God. And it's almost like you say, well, how could God be a jealous God, but I can't be jealous because God is almost like saying, look, (laughs) like if you had your child and your child was going to eat some poison and, and you know, you would say, I'm jealous that my, I, I passionately don't want my kid to eat that poison. I want my kid to live. God is saying, "I want you to passionately give me your worship, because I know any other worship is wrong. It will take you down a wrong path." And so, God, when the word word, whether it's in the Old Testament or it's the New Testament, this concept of a passionate jealousy is used. When it's used for God, it's used in a positive sense. Um, it's used in a positive sense when the Apostle Paul could say in 1 Corinthians eleven. Um, or 2 Corinthians 11, he talks about the fact that he was jealous for the church. And that was used in a positive sense because he wanted them to recognize they were betrothed to Jesus Christ and they were really committed to Jesus Christ. And so that was in a positive sense. Simon the Zealot was used in a positive description of one of the disciples, Simon the Zealot, all right? But when we come to the New Testament and we talk about actions that we're supposed to have, it's primarily used in a negative way. And there's two main nouns, Zelos and Thanos, okay? And I'll, 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 I want to point those out because Zelos is often devoted to a jealousy, an envy, a resentment. And Thanos is used for envy and jealousy. And the reason I bring that up is because I was thinking there's an Avengers movie out. And I think the evil character in it was called Thanos. Was it Thanos? My son's book. okay? And so those of you who like current-day movies, you hear the name Thanos, You know that in Greek, that means envy or jealousy. What's the difference between envy and jealousy? It's very hard to distinguish. And sometimes people say, well, envy is things, you know, other people have it, and you want it for yourself. Jealousy is more something that you possess it, you don't want to lose it. But I tell you, there was such an incredible crossover, and I'm not going to take the time, but in James chapter 4, when god talks about and it will be there later i'll show you the words "zealous" and thanos are used almost interchangeably and you can't tell the difference so i'm not going to worry about trying to differentiate between the concept of jealousy and envy because there's almost like a crossover between in, the, in a word study of these they're almost used interchangeably i just wanted you to be aware of that okay so we want to remember that this is a word that when it's used brings about Some very bad actions in the way you think, the way you speak, the way you act, and your sins of omission, right? Those are the four categories that sin works. All right, so here we go. So now here's a passage that I want to put more fear in you. Turn back to the book of Ecclesiastes. We were there for our prayer time. The book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 4. And I tell you, this is why I'm studying this word this week and, and, and this concept and so you got Proverbs, you got Psalms, Proverbs, um, Ecclesiastes comes before the book Song of Solomon. <clears throat> In the first six, seven chapters of Ecclesiastes, the author is talking about life under the sun. Now, what it's critical that you recognize, what he's talking about is how life is for people living apart from God. All right? So you can't just take passages out of context. And when you especially anytime in the Bible but especially like when you come to something like Ecclesiastes and Ecclesiastes here is gonna tell us something that is informative about how the world operates and it's downright scary because this is God's assessment of how the world operates he's going off and he's talking about how there's people who are oppressed and they go through difficult times and then he says this in verse 4 I have seen that every labor and every skill which is done is the result of rivalry between a man and his neighbor. That word for rivalry, you can just put as a little side note, is jealousy. He says, I have seen that every labor and every skill which is done is the result of jealousy between a man and his neighbor. This too is vanity and, and striving after wind. What he's getting at is that this is a major motivation as to why the world does what they do. They do things out of jealousy, and we laugh about it, and we say, hey, you know that guy? He just wants to keep up with the Joneses, they, right? You ever know anybody? You say, well, uh, he, this is a person who just wants to keep up with the Joneses. That's an expression that's used for people that are constantly trying to keep up with their neighbor. And I don't know if you ever knew anybody like this, but I literally had a neighbor that was constantly keeping up with the Joneses. You went out and got a new car, he went out and got a new car. You put a patio on the house, he put a patio on the house. You put a pool back there, my dad you put a pool for the kids, he put a pool for the kids. It was incredible. So you say, what's the problem with that? Well, somebody that's constantly doing that is often then living beyond their means, going into debt, working so where they're ignoring their family, and they're they're doing things that are causing a lot sometimes often bringing strife into their family because you know why do i have why do i have to have that bigger house why do i have to have the bigger car why do i have to have these nice clothes why do i have to go on the trips that everyone else is doing if i even if i don't have it i'm going to go into debt we live in a culture that people go into debt like crazy so much so that that it, it, it burdens people and we one of the greatest Economic pressures are on people today is debt because they're trying to keep up with the Joneses let alone I think sometimes people will do things and they get involved in things when they should never have given the effort instead of being free jealousy drives the world I mentioned William Shakespeare the green-eyed monster one author said that when you look at the majority of Dr. I mean, of, of, of William Shakespeare's plays, that the majority of them are all around the subject of jealousy. And I started thinking about it and it blew me away. And I thought, wow, here's, he caught on to this human emotion that gets abused and it leads to murders and lies and all kinds of problems. So think about that next time you think of Shakespeare. And, 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 and I think, um, um, what is it, uh, Dr. Zeus, right? With the Grinch, green green-eyed monster, you know, green monster, all right? And I found this when I was on, like doing a little study with Wikipedia and Wikipedia was talking about jealousy and it it had a bunch of different um, psychological studies that they reported on. And there was a study by a group called Ferris, Smith, Greenberg and Smith, and they looked into the way people saw dating and romantic relationships based on how many reality dating shows they had watched and people who spent a large amount of time watching these reality dating shows endorsed or supported the dating attitudes that would be shown on the show, while people who do not spend time watching those reality dating shows did not mirror them. And the point was is that these shows would often have everything because what, what, makes, what makes the shows attractive is strife that comes out of jealousy. And, and how they operate. And so people were thinking, this is the way that we need to operate. And they bring it into their own lives. And, and so here we have this world filled with relationships, filled with strife. And people are not connecting it. And I think to myself, my goodness, you know, the, the, you would think that these shows, people would look at them and be absolutely ridiculous. And they would turn them off. I'm working out the Why? And, that, and they put up on the on the all these TVs all around, and next thing you know, they're running in the evening this TV show, The Bachelor, okay? And I'm thinking to myself, you're a bachelor, and you've got 28 girls all trying to come in and throw themselves at you, and and they and they and, they, and, they, and, they, and I'm watching this, and they're and they're throwing one, they're, these women are all fighting the jealousy amongst one another. I'm thinking, my goodness, this isn't the way relationships are supposed to be. Most people think we should watch this show and say, this is foolish. I don't want to have any type of attitude or action like this. But my goodness, what are they on? Bachelor 28? I mean, that's the way, when I say the world operates like this. Another study that I found said that they went through the majority of, of chick flicks from 2002 to 2014. And well more than half of them all dealt with romantic jealousy. And the horrible impact that it had on people who watched them. Not saying we can't watch chick flicks, but we gotta watch. You gotta be aware. The world is operating by this. Here, do you see the evil in the Bible caused by jealousy? I just I'm gonna give you a list. You take notes, and I'll have church turn to one or two. But like very first murder in the Bible, Cain kills Abel first john chapter 3 verse 12 tells us cain knew that his brother did better it doesn't use the word jealousy in there but it is why you think about cain killed out of jealousy we see that joseph's brothers from this great story of how israel ends up in egypt all because god knew that jealousy was something he can manipulate remember god they they used it for evil but god knew for good Turn your Bibles to Acts chapter seven verse nine, and and this is what I want you to think about. So if you're unfamiliar with the story, there's a brother he's named Joseph, and he's got he's got eleven other <coughs> excuse me brothers, and his his brothers recognize that God is blessing him and thinking the world of him, and, and he's gonna he's gonna elevate him over them, and and they hate him. He's already getting preferential treatment from their dad. And so basically they throw him at the hole. And they, first of all, they wanted to kill him. But then they decided not to kill him because one of the a couple of them would feel guilty. But they'll let him go into slavery. Think about what it means to throw somebody into slavery. So Acts chapter 7, verse 9. I want you to look at this passage and remember that out of, out of jealousy. Where is, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Verse 9. And it says the patriarchs became jealous of Joseph. Acts chapter 7, verse 9 they became jealous of joseph and sold him into slavery but god was with him god protected him but at the same time they what they did was evil you can note this down from the book of first samuel saul tries to kill david out of jealousy saul he's somebody has could have um, been a blessing to david the next king but he tries to kill him and because of His jealousy, it drives Saul to be killed. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 27. So I'm just trying to go through a list. Cain killed Abel. Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery because of jealousy. Saul tries to kill David. First Samuel 18 is one passage that might note it. If you turn to Matthew chapter 27, one of the the all-time worst sins of all time. I don't ever think about this. Matthew chapter 27, verse 18, and it says this. This is why Jesus is turned over to be killed. It says, for, for he knew that because of envy, they had handed him over. Envy slash jealousy. Jesus is handed over to be killed. Now, that's you talk about a passion that is irrational. Jesus is the kindest, sweetest, wonderful most blessing man blessed man that ever walked this earth but jealousy because they know the jewish leaders know that jesus is the one who should be in charge he should be the king not just let alone messiah but he should be the one that's ruling they recognize he's getting all the accolades people are praising him and so jealousy takes it to kill him can you imagine now i might get angry at you I might be jealous about you. You have to understand, if I got so mad at Levi because I was jealous of him, could I take this boy and put him on a a cross, watch him be whipped, watch him slowly bleed and suffocate, and, and watch him die because I was so jealous of him because he's got better looks than me or he's getting more accolades than me? I mean, you talk about Where jealousy takes you with hatred, you better believe you better fear it. This runs through the Bible, the incredible irrational acts that people do out of jealousy. And that's the one, I mean, obviously I could have ended with that one, but there's a couple more. Acts chapter 5 talks about how the Jews persecute the early church out of jealousy. It's in Acts 5, 17, Acts 13, 45, Acts 17, 5. And then just turn over in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 1 Corinthians chapter three. And this is something that's very important for us to understand. We're studying the book of, of, of Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter three, verse three says this. For you are still fleshly, for since there is jealousy and strife amongst you. The church was divided because of jealousy and strife. It can divide a church. It's something we need to always be aware of. Again, nobody comes out and says, oh, I just want this. I want that in a church. And, and and because, it, you know, it's just my preference, often the things that are driving those choices that divide and attitudes of non-reconciliation are jealousy. So you better believe there is evil in the Bible caused by jealousy. Do you see it? So let's go. You are warned against jealousy in Proverbs. Turn back in your Bibles to the Old Testament Again, all these attributes come in to Proverbs 27. I tell you, he, he, as God tries to tell his people, don't act a certain way, don't be a certain way. He, he, here's just a series of passages. And he says in verse four, Proverbs 27:4, wrath is fierce and anger is flood, but who can stand before jealousy? I'm telling you, there are some Proverbs that tell you just what to do. Some Proverbs give you insight. This is why you need to fear jealousy. You need to fear it in yourself, Feared in others wrath. You see what it says. What he says in the beginning. He says Wrath is fierce and anger is a flood. You ever deal with an angry person. You ever deal with someone that's angry I tell you like if I get angry, it's not fun. I, I don't want to be an angry father I don't want to be an angry person. What he's saying though is what you take jealousy jealousy takes it to the next level Who can stand before jealousy what it's saying is you've got this and this motivation that could wipe out families, wipe out churches, wipe out communities. Jealousy is something that you cannot beat. It's terrifying. That's not my words. Those are God's words. You're a jealous man. You're a jealous woman. You have to understand. You better repent because you're going to destroy everything that you want to hold on to. Jealousy, you cannot stand before it. You will destroy everything in your path if you're a jealous person. And you know what? Because it's a secondary, it leads to secondary sins. I'm jealous, so therefore I lie, I steal, I hate, I kill. Okay? Proverbs 27, verse 4. Turn over. (sighs) can't get my pages in the third. Proverbs 24, verse 1. Proverbs 24, verse 1. Do not be envious of evil men, it says, nor desire to be with them. Do not be envious. Do not be jealous of evil men. Why would I be jealous? Because I look at the things they do. I look at the money they make. I look at the fun they have. I look at the partying they do. And I want to do it too. If you become jealous of them, then all of a sudden you become one who participates with the things that they do. And once you do that, it pulls you in. And all of that will destroy your life. Don't be envious of them for riches, sexual stuff, power. It'll pull you in. It'll destroy you. Proverbs 14, verse 30. Proverbs 14, verse 30. This was written 3,000 years ago. We don't need modern science. Proverbs 14, verse 30. A tranquil heart is life to the body. Peace. But passion is rottenness to the bones. That's the word, Hebrew word, For jealousy. You want to destroy your life from the inside. You want to hurt yourself. Stay on a path of jealousy. You're foolish. You will hurt yourself. There is no way you can be jealous and not impact your own personal health. God is telling you that. God is warning you with that. There are other passages, but we're not going to go into them. I thought it was funny. I found so many non biblical proverbs that that dealt with jealousy here just let's read a few of these one i think was um is an old greek writer said no man is a complete failure failure until he begins disliking men who who also succeed because jealousy drives people few men have the strength to honor a friend's success without envy if a friend of yours does well can you be happy for them and not envious not jealous of them for one man who sincerely pities our misfortunes, there are a thousand who sincerely hate our success. That's not the way we're supposed to be. Envy shoots at others and wounds herself, one author said. And the man who keeps busy, the man who keeps busy helping the man who below him won't have time to envy the man above him. And there are, may not be anybody above him anyway. Okay. Here we go. The New Testament teaches against jealousy in a serious way. I'm just going to hit you. I've got five passages. First turn to Romans chapter 13. I'm just going to get a few of these. And I think this is fascinating. Uh, Romans chapter 13, verse 13. Romans 13 is in the section where God is telling us the character that we should have. And he wants us to have a character free of it. Romans 13, he says, let us behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness. I can get that. Not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality. I can get that, but not in strife and jealousy. God doesn't want us to be people, New Testament, born again, people with a new heart, not to be people who operate out of jealousy. The world, as Ecclesiastes says, operates in jealousy. We're not to be jealous. The Bible talks, and you can just put warns against deeds of the flesh in Galatians chapter 5, verse 20. One of the deeds is that we're not to be jealous. I want you to turn to James chapter 4, and I want you to see this. This is the one I talked about earlier where it uses both Greek words for jealousy. The book of James, James chapter 4. And the, the principle in the New Testament is your prayer life can be impacted by jealousy. Do you ever think about that? You see, you think, oh, love is patient, love is kind, love is not jealous, we just rush off to love is not, um, doesn't brag and isn't arrogant. This jealousy, it impacts so much. And when you come to verse 2 of chapter 4 of James, it says, you lust and you don't have, so you commit murder. You are envious, meaning you are jealous, okay? That's the same root word that is used back in 1 Corinthians. You are jealous and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you not think that the Scripture speaks to the purpose? He jealously, okay, and th- th- there you go. Did I get them right? Did I get them right? Um he jealously he jealously um, yeah i don't i can't remember which one how that works he jealously desires the spirit which he made to dwell on us that's a totally different greek word so jealousy and envy go back and forth god here wants us to passionately want the right things but when we envy we it drives us and god says i'm not going to answer prayers for you that aren't good and so you're passionate, you're jealous for the wrong things. Um, we're in James, jump over to chapter three, verse 13. I think you need to see this one. In verses 13 to 16, this is something, you, you look at some people's lives and they're nothing but chaos. And you think, why is their life chaos? Because all they do is they live a life of jealousy. But nobody, te- they, you say, why is my life in chaos? Well, I don't know. Well, it's because you're jealous chapter 13 i mean chapter 3 verse 13 who among you is wise and understanding let him show by his good behavior his deeds and his gentleness of wisdom but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth this wisdom is not which comes down from above but is earthly natural demonic here again two times jealousy is used in this this section verse 16 for where jealousy and selfish ambition exists there is disorder and every evil thing i don't know if you, how much you thought about it but the idea is so much you know why would i get involved in some sexual sin well God, of jealousy Maybe i'm jealous because this person has a better spouse than me or this person has this other experience than me i want this i want that and so jealousy drives it please understand how terrified you need to be about jealousy And I'll just tell you, Mark chapter 7, verses 20 to 23, God talks about the fact that it's out of the heart that jealousy comes. And that's why we need a new heart. Much damage comes in your life from jealousy. I'm just going to cite these. Damage, separation from friends and family. Cain was separated from his family. Joseph from his family. People see the words you use, your actions. The experience, you 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 have irrational fears. You separate yourself. It ruins dating. It ruins marriage relationships. Website after website had stories about this. From fears of losing people to wanting something were affairs. Number one thing I believe, the damage it causes is separation from friends and family. Number two, it causes great loss of opportunity. You have to understand when you're jealous and the actions it causes, Saul could have been a good son and could have had a great general in david but because of his jealousy he lost that with david cain could have had an incredible account think about it we read genesis and we see cain killed abel what could cain have done the first human born ever but cain kills abel because of jealousy and we don't have the opportunity for what cain could have done the jews could have had a savior in jesus but they killed him out of jealousy. You talk about lost opportunity. And then here's something you don't realize for you. Not only all the things that it causes you to be separate from. The lost opportunity is that people don't want to be around you. They don't want to give you opportunity. They don't want to deal with you because you're acting out of jealousy. I have all these stories. I'm going to cut them out. Number three, death and bad health occur out of jealousy. Think of all the murders that we talked about in the Bible. We talked about Saul, his own death, and your own physical health is made bad because of jealousy. Fourth, separation from God. You lose out on God if you are someone that is jealous. Saul lost his closeness with God. Jews lost their opportunity, and you sin. And finally, much blessing comes in your life from avoiding jealousy. You flip everything that I said, you, you, you get close to people, you get close to God, you get more opportunities, you get better health. But the one thing I wanted to add that I didn't have in the, the, the damage, but I just wanted to emphasize, is I tell you, jealousy, if you don't have it in your life, you're at peace. And I'm telling you, the older I get, the more I'm clear I am on this, You don't have to have a million dollars in the bank. You have to have peace in life. Peace is everything. Jealous people have no peace. You want to have blessing in your life, you want to avoid jealousy. So what's the answer? You got questions in life. We always say love is always the answer. And the concept here is give, repent from being jealous. Be like God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He is not someone that's jealous. You need to recognize jealousy in your life. You need to repent. It is something bad in the way that you deal with other people. You need to not be a person that acts out of jealousy. The heart is desperately wicked. Fear jealousy in your life. Don't point at fingers at other people and say, I know you're jealous today. I know you act out of jealousy. I recognize the world. We know now the world operates so much out of jealousy. But let's make sure that we're not jealous. Ecclesiastes 4.4 is terrifying when you really understand it. And I'll leave you with this last story. I'll squeeze one in. It's called The Devil and the Hermit, like a, a, like a monk is a hermit. And it says there's a fable wherein the devil once was crossing the like, Libyan desert, and he met a group of friends tempting a holy hermit. And they tried seductions of the flesh, like sexual things. They used doubts and fears. And none of it worked. The holy moon was how the holy man was unmoved, the story goes on. And it says, the devil then stepped forward and says, Your methods are too crude. Permit me one moment. Going to the hermit, he said, Have you heard the news? Your brother has been made the bishop of Alexandria. And according to the fable, a scowl of malignant jealousy clouded the serene face of the holy man. Let's be Non jealous people. Jealousy is so powerful. Who can stand before it? Let's fear it. Let's pray. Father, I pray that this is making all of us think about our actions. Help us, God, to be a people that don't participate in jealousy, to actually fear it, God. I thank you, Lord, for just the wealth of material on jealousy and how we can recognize this is no small sin, this is no small matter. And I pray if there's anyone that's recognized that they operate out of jealousy, that they'll repent today. If there's a believer, God, that you're stirring in their heart, because you tell us, and we'll talk about this in great depth, you teach us how to love. And I pray, Lord, that we will be people that recognize when we're doing things out of jealousy. Help us to not be jealous. But if there's anyone that's amongst us, God, and they're recognizing, man, This is the way I conduct my life. This is the way I conduct my marriage. This is the way I conduct my parenting. This is the way I I, I pursue anything. I'm I'm in this this career because all I wanted to do was climb the ladder, and and I do this all out of jealousy. I pray, God, that they can find peace today because it's a rotten passion, and it leaves no no peace. And only peace is found in you when a person turns to Jesus Christ, who was the God-man who died on the cross, who wants the person to go in a new direction. And so may that person leave jealousy today and all other sins and find peace in Jesus. It's in his precious name we pray. Amen.